Hello, this is Nicholas Briggs, and you're listening to the Sirens of Audio. Me one, me one, what is it, me two? I'm bored, me one. Just shut up and eat your popcorn, me two. But this is the Sirens of Audio's 50th episode. I thought this was supposed to be the greatest podcast in Tasmania slash Sydney, me one. We're all bored, me too. We want more, me one. But they've had creatives on the show like Nick Briggs, John Dorney and Dominic Glynn. We need more, me one. And they've had actors such as Louise Jameson, Janet Fielding and Peter Purvis as guests, me too. We want more, me one. But how do you expect them to top the podcast royalty that is Bob Fleming from Proctor Who and Trek this out, me too? We want... Hang on. Bob Fleming has appeared on the Sirens of Audio, me one. You haven't heard that episode, me too? I haven't. But it sounds awfully exciting, me one. Well... Let me send you the link and make you a cup of sweet ginger tea to accompany the ginger legend of the podcast feeds, me too. Mmm, finally, a guest that meets our expectations, me one. G'day audiophiles, you are listening to the Sirens of Audio. It's episode 50, it's a celebration. Thank you for watching, we are the podcast who uh, explore the universe of Doctor Who and thank you for listening as well. Uh, I keep saying watching because we're on YouTube now uh, for many of our episodes. But with me, and my name is Dwayne by the way, with me is Philip. Hello Dwayne, congratulations on 50 episodes. It's a real milestone. I haven't been here for all 50, and so I admire you that you've uh, managed to do it. So what a great job you've done. Well done. Thank you so much. I don't think I could have done it without you, Philip. That's for sure. Or well, at the very least, it may, not, it may not have been quite as interesting without you. Let's put it that way. Glad I could make a bit of a difference. No, it's been fantastic. So on that note, let's jump down the rabbit hole. Yay! Me, me. <laughs> Okay, so now that we're in this rabbit hole, we've 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 just had a very sad occasion, the end of the Big Finish monthly range. Um, we're going to talk about during this episode some of the episodes that newbies might come and have a listen to. Um, that's going to be the theme of our of our episode. But before we do that, now that we're in the rabbit hole, let's talk about some of the standout moments for for both of us. Over the last 22 years of the monthly range. Philip, you go first. You weren't telling me about this. I, I sprung it on I you. I sprung it on oh, you. Oh, you awful things. Um, so highlights over the last 22 years. Um, 
weather start is certainly a big highlight. Um, and I think the fact they kept going, I really, when, when the uh, first few episodes were announced, I really wasn't sure it was going to last for long and that people would keep buying. And so the fact that they kept lasting on was pretty exciting. Um, in terms of turning points for me, Oh, there's so many, and I'll probably talk about them along the way with this adventure. I think Paul McGann coming was a major step in terms of it suddenly felt like we had new Doctor Who. So as much as I was loving loving what they were doing with the other Doctors, loving particularly what they were doing with Colin, I think Colin was... he. I loved him so much. So you know, the TV series, I don't think he was well served with scripts. I don't think he was well served with stories. And then with Big Finish, I fell in love with him. And this suddenly became... I could see Colin Baker could be my favourite Doctor because what they were writing was so well. And then when Paul McGann came on board, then we suddenly had new Doctor Who and it was new. As far as I was concerned, that was what was right and what was new because we had nothing else at that time. And once again, when the show came back, it kept going. So I was really excited about that. So that's, that's a couple of key moments for me. What, what, what are you thinking about, Dwayne? Well... Obviously, we've got to talk about the early years because that was what grabbed us and kept us enthralled right from the start, wasn't it? So I didn't get Sirens of Time when it was released. So it was a couple of years later until I jumped on the uh, Big Finish train. And then and then even a bit longer after that, when I became a regular subscriber to the monthly range, I was only buying them every now and then. But I think it was when someone loaned me a copy uh, of... The Chimes of Midnight was what really pricked my ears up to to Big Finish. And even though I did hear spare parts at the same time, because those two stories were released around the same time, um, I did enjoy it. But I think it was Lou Garou that really stood out to me as one of the Fifth Doctor stories that uh, had a major impact on me. I thought it was absolutely fabulous. Had, um, uh, what was her name? Eleanor Bron in that one and she was in revelation of the daleks we know her from there um absolutely fantastic story uh because both spare parts and lou guru written by mark platt weren't they so lou guru uh is probably a standout for me um another standout for me is when they changed to use the individual doctor's themes um, because i was never a fan of using the same theme for every doctor it just didn't feel right and I can't remember why that was. I don't know if you remember, Philip, but it may have been something to do with rights. Uh, there was two things. There was. There was two things. One of, one of us, they had to pay different money. And right. it, so it was cheaper just to use the same theme. And also the length of theme depended on how much they paid too, which is why the endings are so short at the end of episodes because they, they cost them less money by using less. Gotcha. But the real reason was Gary Russell just preferred to him that Doctor Who theme was the Doctor Who theme. And he didn't like the other themes. He didn't like the fifth, sixth, or seventh Doctor themes, and so he chose not to use them. And it was... I remember when um, going very early on to the website, the Big Finish website, which was bland and plain as, but there was a facts page of questions, you know, and it was questions like, will you be getting Tom Baker? And the answer was just, no, he won't. And there's all these questions, and one of them was, why do you use the original theme tune? And the answer was just, I prefer it. And that's by Gary... And that's yeah. So that's the reason why he just, he just preferred it, and, I, and I'm not quite sure. Why well, I, th- I think I was, I was meant to have a look at this. Was it because they gave Paul McGann his own music when he joined, and that's when they changed it for all the Doctors, or had no. they started using? It was earlier. No, than that, it, it was no. It was a lot later 
that they changed it. Right. I don't think I don't think that was changed until flip flop, which was way down the line. Um, right. Okay. Uh, up until that point, they were still. I mean, every now and then, like issues, uh, uh, releases like the Rapture, for instance, that they changed the theme and made it like a like a, a disco or um, a nightclub style sound to to the theme, but it was still the Fourth Doctor theme. Uh, but yeah, I think it was flip flop. I could be wrong. I, I might be, but it was it was pretty late in the day. It was pretty late in the in the first fifty. So well, definitely. Next time, we to, next time we talk to Gary, we've got to put it to him and say how come. But as I said on the facts page, he just said it's what I preferred. <laughs> yeah, and the whole the whole issue of recasting too is very strict on that. No, it's not going to happen. We're not going to recast ever. So. Um, that was that was a Gary rule as well, but uh, I don't think in the main range they ever did recast, did they? I don't think anyone was ever recast in the in the main range. The Rani? Oh, you mean Gary's time or later? Uh, any any time, like the Rani's kind of different because the Rani's a Time Lord who can regenerate, and the Medley Monk as well, who who turns up so. I can't. I can't think off the top of my head. Maybe, maybe you can tell us. Let us know. Send us a tweet at Audio Sirens, and um, and put us right with our factual errors and inconsistencies. We're talking off the top of our head, Philip. What do they expect? Some some other things too, like uh, Janet Fielding was a big standout moment for me too. That I remember how big that was when the Gathering came out. It was massive, absolutely massive. But not only that, a couple of years later, when she came back. I think the, her first story was called Cobwebs. Is that right? It, it was. And it ended with a Mara story. So that was an awesome trilogy of stories that was uh, really, really cool. Um, so to have Janet Fielding back uh, in the cast was excellent. I loved what the main rage did with some of the characters, like to, to get them back together, to get Tegan, Nyssa and Turlo back together because technically they only had a couple of stories before Nyssa was gone. So what do they do? <laughs> Bring, what the heck was that? So that's that's my dog sneezing. <laughs> I may have to throw him out if he keeps going for too long. That's, that's staying in. That's staying in. <laughs> All right, your dog is now famous. Uh, I'm glad that was the answer you gave me because it quite it could have possibly been edited if you gave me a different answer. All right. <laughs> um, what else? Um, when they did that whole rebranding thing as well. Around issue, uh, around release two hundred and one, they said this is we want to make this a jumping on point for new listeners. The stories took a, a a different turn. I was kind of getting a bit tired up to up to number two hundred. I don't know whether I don't know why that was because every time we go back and revisit that era, it's like oh wow, we've only heard this story once. It's amazing. But I was getting a little bit tired though. But they, they were doing some interesting things, like teaming up Zoe and Jamie with the Sixth Doctor for one of those trilogies was a great idea. That's I thought that brilliant. was fantastic. Um, I think uh, I can think of two of the story titles: Wreck of the Titan was one, and Legend of the Cybermen was another one. Uh, and I can't remember the third one, unless Legend of the Cybermen was the third one. But anyway, they were doing some great some great things uh, throughout that uh, the, the later stages. But in the last few years, in particular, I've noticed that the Fifth Doctor stories of late have recently really stood out to me. There was one in particular in the last few years called Ghost Walk, which I really, 
really enjoyed because it reminded me of the one time, the one time I went to, to London and I did a Jack the Ripper tour and it really took me back. So that one always stood out to me for my own personal reasons. But the Fifth Doctor stories, have, they've been uh, really, really engaging um, in, in the final 75. Uh, I don't know who stood out to you in the, in the series or have they all been the same to you over the last few years? I always look forward to the Sixth Doctor stories the most. Yeah. So I like all his companions. I like how he interacts. So Sixth six Doctor for me, all those ones I look forward to the most. Not, not necessarily the best because the other stuff comes out and I, I get pleasantly surprised. Um, I think the Peterloo Massacre was one that... I, I do think Peter Davison in historic settings is just him. The show didn't do it very often. I think The Visitation took him back. Black Orchid took him back. I'm not sure there's other more than that. <laughs> Time flight we won't count. <laughs> but um, whenever the big finish to a historical for Peter Davison, it just works so well. And so, yeah, and, it, and I think that's why I think the the final episode, the final monthly, with his giving him a historic worked best for him. Mm, so awesome. yeah, the, the great show. It's 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 an end to an era. Mm. All right. Well, let's get out of the rabbit hole and talk about the main theme of our show, which is. Uh, we are calling this the Big Finish Introduction Agency, and we are going to provide newbies and the uninitiated uh, stories that they should listen to, which will convert them to Big Finish fans. And we're going to go through our stories that we want to introduce to people, not necessarily the most popular Big Finish stories. And in, in actual fact, Philip, I've avoided the most popular Big Finish stories completely and look for something that might appeal to uh, a fan of the classic series, a fan of the new series, perhaps, um, without without being too um, influenced by the popularity and the polls of Big Finish stories, particularly the monthly stories that we're going to talk about. So um, that's, that's where I've based my views on, and we're going to look at Doctors 5, 6 seven and eight in that order and then we'll look at uh, the fourth doctor who came on next and then we're going to look at doctors one two and three uh and finally we'll have a look at the tenth doctor to see where we think you should start with the tenth doctor if you haven't heard any of his adventures on audio now that i've said all that and explained how it is uh who do you want to start who do you want to start philip do you want to start with uh the fifth doctor and your pick i can start with the fifth doctor can I say, this was so hard. <laughs> and um, I, I've enjoyed doing it, going back and looking through all the stories. I've tried to listen to bits of it along the way too, just to refresh my memory in terms of making sure I wasn't leaving things out. But with The Fifth Doctor, so once again, I haven't picked uh, what is fan favourites. And yeah, I think if you think Fifth Doctor, you're, you're going to be told spare parts, you're going to be told excellent stories. So you ask generally, what are the best Fifth Doctor, these sort of ones that go for. This, I'm going to give you ones that are not the ones that would necessarily be picked. So, the one I'm picking for the Fifth Doctor is The Eye of the Scorpion. Nice. Uh, by Ian, McLoch Ian McLaughlin. So, it's directed by Gary Russell. It came out in 2001. So, I just mentioned before, Peter, Peter Davison, for me, his historical ones are the best. This is with Eriman, played by Carolyn Morris, as being introduced as a new companion. So, it's a great kicking off spot. So if you want to get into Big Finish, start off with a, a new companion. It's Eriman and Perry. Uh, so Nicola Bryant and Eriman and 
and um, Carol Morris, the two of them just bounce off each other beautifully. It's like a sister relationship. They they tease the they tease the Doctor mercilessly along the way. But Eye of the Scorpion is a classic historical. There's actually no science fiction elements at all in the story except for the TARDIS. Um, it's almost like a William Hartner because there's actually a whole episode where Peter Davison doesn't even appear. He, he has, I think it's the third episode. <laughs> he takes off. He, he's, he's gone for. I won't tell you why. No spoilers. But if you want to get a great handle on the fifth Doctor, on Perry, on a new companion, kicking off into a whole new era, I the Scorpion. So, where are we? From the gravity and atmosphere, I'd say Earth. Egypt, roughly 1400 BC. This is the house of death. No one lives here alive. Excuse me, I don't think you've told us exactly who you are. No, I did not. The great and mighty queen, daughter of the stars, pharaoh in the eyes of the gods and soon to be crowned, all bow to Erimemush in Teperem, divine and eternal, the living god. Pharaoh. I can name every pharaoh Egypt ever had, and I'm certain there was never a pharaoh Erimem. Death to Erimem! No! Help me! Damn you, stranger. Where did you come from? Who sent you? Answer me. Who do you serve? The true pharaoh. Shh. Quietly. Don't be encouraged by my presence, you poor, poor fool. You're in no condition to escape. I'm afraid you can't be interrogated either. After all, no one leaves the house of death alive. (laughs) What about you for the fifth Doctor, Dwayne? Well, for the fifth Doctor... I'm trying to avoid... It's very difficult because our sort of eyes were opened in the, the Gary Russell era uh, in the early days. So our eyes are really sort of sparkling when we think about those those sort of classic... We'll call it the classic era of Big Finish, will we? Um, do they have eras? Yeah, we'll call it the Gary Russell era. But I've uh, tried to avoid that some of the time. I haven't done it all of the time. But for The Fifth Doctor, I have... So I've chosen a story that was released in 2012, um, and I'm referring to it because it's on my second screen here, uh, and I'll explain why I've chosen it too, and why I think it might appeal to uh, to a newbie, an uninitiated person to Big Finish, and this is The Butcher of Brisbane, uh, uh, yeah. written by Mark Platt. So I am a huge, huge Talents of Wang Chiang fan. I absolutely love the story. I love Jago and Lightfoot. And I am intrigued by the uh, the vocabulary and the imagery that Robert Holmes's vocabulary provided. And one of the throwaway lines from the Towns of Wang Chiang was that Magnus Grill was nicknamed the Butcher of Brisbane. And so here we go and explore the history of Magnus Grill. Not only that, it's written by Mark Platt. So Mark Platt will be known to uh, fans of the classic series. Uh, as the writer of Ghostlight, so uh, if you Ghostlight's a funny story because sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't, sometimes I understand it, sometimes I don't. Uh, it's a very interesting fluctuating story, Ghost uh, Ghostlight. But Mark Platt is a a very long term. He's one of the writers who's been with Big Finish virtually from the start, and he's still going to this day. So 
some of the older writers, or the, not the older writers, the writers from the beginning don't write so much for Big Finish anymore, if at all. But Mark Platt is still quite heavily involved in writing for Big Finish. And this is one of them. So Fifth Doctor, but it also has uh, Tegan, Nyssa and Turlow in it. Uh, with a very interesting story for Nyssa uh, in this episode too. So I think it will appeal to to fans of the classic series who uh, who know a little bit about Talons of Wang Chiang, Magnus Greel. I think that's a great place to start, and I think it's uh, really well done. Who who directed this? Uh, so directed by Ken Bentley, so he's he's always good value. And Alan Barnes is a script editor, so he was been there right from the start too. So uh, pretty much, and introduced the Eighth Doctor. So we're in safe hands with the Butcher of Brisbane. So that's me for. Uh, the fifth doctor. What do you do? Do you think that's a good one for newbies? Yes, excellent, excellent choice. I mean, the other one I was about the same time was Heroes of Sontar, which was the yes. one I was playing around with as well. And that's I think it may even be the same trilogy set. Um, <clears throat> but yes, the, 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 there's certainly a, a time when those three characters, Old Nissa, Tegan, and Turlo, and the Doctor are really working well together. And that that is a great period to jump on one. That's a good choice. Okay, so I'll start us off with the sixth Doctor. Now, this is the Doctor who I really struggled with because he's just so good. Um, it, was, it wasn't until he hit audio that we could all see the potential uh, that Colin Baker had come to life. Um, so I really struggled with this one. Uh, but the one I've decided to go with um, could have some appeal to a newbie. and But it's also... <laughs> One of my very, very favourites, and it's very high in the population uh, popularity charts too. So, and that that is uh, Davros by Lance Parkin. So, Davros has one of the most spine tingling openings to a CD. It's not by the Sixth Doctor, but it's a monologue delivered by Davros that starts off and goes into uh, the episode. It's just absolutely spine tingling. And what's great about this episode is that it's just about the Doctor and Davros. The Doctor doesn't have any companions, so we get to see the Sixth Doctor in all his glory up against someone that we already know. So this is for someone who's coming in, they're going to know Davros, they're likely going to know the Terry Malloy version of Davros. So this is, I think this is set sometime after, or is it before Revelation of the Daleks? I can't remember, but it's around that time, probably after Revelation. It's after, it's after. Yeah, um, and he's, you know, he's been doing similar things. So we've got similar themes there that you're going to be used to. And and Terry Malloy and Colin Baker together are electrifying. Um, it's it's an interesting, it's, it's not a four-parter, it's a two-parter, but the episodes are very long. They're about 50 to 60 minutes long. I think the second episode might even be 70 minutes long. I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but not only does it have... Terry Malloy and Colin Baker. It also has Wendy Padbury in her first appearance in it for Big Finish. Not as Zoe, she's playing a different character, but it also has playing her husband in the story, Bernard Horsfall. So we're going to know Bernard Horsfall from, from the War Games, from the Mind Robber, from the Deadly Assassin. Was he in anything else? Can't remember. They're the three that come instantly to mind. Yep. Um, and this is, I think... If you don't turn to big finish from this, um, I think you might need some, you know, some first aid. Uh, this is just in, an incredible 
an incredible story for the First Doctor, and I heartily recommend it for any newbie. When I press this switch, I will die. It will be painless, they say. But if I survive, then something stronger will emerge. A new race, the supreme power in the universe. I will not press this switch. I will not cower. I will not die. I will not die. This is not the end. This is only the beginning. He's activated the detonation sequence. We can't outrun a nuclear blast, Doctor. They're building an army of robots. How long before the radiation cloud reaches the dome? I want to write the definitive biography of Daphros. If everyone had the equation, then the whole system would collapse. Yeah, well done. It was actually it was on my list, actually. Almost <laughs> I, a I snap. A, almost a snap. I had, I had well, I had a big list because I had Holy Terror, Motors, Penguin, the Pirates, the Two Doctors, Arrangements of War, the whole Ford series, uh, and and Davros. So I, I had a huge list. In the end, I actually went for early because I thought I want to introduce the new Sixth Doctor. So I actually went for the Marion Conspiracy. Um, so by Jacqueline Rayner, I wanted to get at least one female writer in, and there's not a, there's a lot more female writers now for Big Finish, thank goodness. Um, but early on, Jacqueline Rayner was, I think, the only female writer they had working, and she just brought a whole new dimension, which is important. Uh, it introduces, so it's directed by Gary Russell, it introduces Maggie Stables as Evelyn Smythe, who's going to go on to be probably my favourite Series 6 Doctor companion duo. I think the two of them just work so well together. And once again, it's it starts a newbie off with a new situation, a new character, and something a story to follow through. And you can just follow through all the Maggie Stable Six Doctor stories, and it's a beautiful arc that's going to end you in tears. But happy tears because of where, where they've come from. So, yeah, but as I said, it was it was such a hard pick. I'm, I'm sensing a theme here with your picks. You've picked historical so far. Next one's not. <laughs> no, it's it's an absolutely great choice, and you can't go past Maggie Stable. She is just sensational. Um, I can't imagine the Sixth Doctor without her. You know, when your kid comes along, and you can't imagine life without your kid. This is what Evelyn was like with the Sixth Doctor. It's it's um, that's that's how close their relationship became super quickly, and I think uh, Maggie Stables had the maturity to be able to develop that relationship uh, on the audio dramas that was just beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. It was. She had a beautiful arc to come too. So, yeah, I agree with you. Great jumping on point for anyone new coming along. Do you want to head us into the seventh Doctor? Let's go. Yep. So, not a historical, so you'll be happy with that. Um, once again, it's hard to know. The seventh Doctor, they did some very inventive things with. In the end, I've just gone for comedy. Because I think the Seventh Doctor had some amazing stories. So I've actually, and talk about Space 1999, I've gone for Bang Bang A Boom, um, which was a story by Gareth Roberts and Clayton Hickman. Uh, for two years running, they did a, a Christmas special in December. So this was the December release, which was very laid back. It's a takeoff of Space 1999. Um, Isn't it sending up Deep Space Nine? And Deep Space Nine. So it's, it's a, a mishmash, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mishmash of those two. 
Uh, and it's 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 also also making fun of the Eurovision Song Contest because yeah. it's the Galactic Vision Song Contest is the background to it all. Um, amusingly, Gary Russell wouldn't allow any songs to be written for it, even though it's a song contest. So there's a few amusing moments where it's just about to sing, the music builds up, and then it just cuts scenes. Um, but yeah, Gary refused to have any songs because we don't do songs at Big Finish. And I think a couple of months later, they were releasing The Pirates, <laughs> which has had a whole musical episode. Um, it's It's got um, Graham Garden playing the Professor Burgeon character. It's got Patricia Quinn, who you might know from Rocky Horror Picture Show. She's playing um, an, an, an Amazonian sort of character. Sabrina Franklin plays Helena, Dr. Helena. I forgot what her character name is, but it's, it's a Helena Russell kind of character who just keeps going around saying, I just feel so helpless um, all the time. It's, yeah, if you just want a good laugh, if you want to see the Seventh Doctor trying to solve a puzzle, it's a murder mystery. Bonnie Langford is just a dream in it. It helps revive what she did with Mel in terms of, once again, some, Mel got some pretty short stories, you know, short stick of the stories. Um, this is just brilliant. So I, I, I listen to it regularly just when I need to be cheered up. Was it, was it the one Doctor that came out the year before? The one Doctor came out the year afterwards. The year after? Right. Yeah. So that was the Sixth Doctor story. Yeah. The Sixth Doctor and Mel. So yeah. Mel, Mel managed to get into both the comedy episodes because she's just such, she's got such great comic timing um, as an actress. Um, but yeah, this, this was the first one, and yeah, you don't know it. What's that? Must, bang bang a boom. I do, I do. Oh, yeah. I just Good. wasn't sure where it was placed. Whether the one Doctor came first, uh, and yeah. this was Mel's second second appearance, or whether it might have been her first. Oh no, flip. I can't remember where it was, to be honest. Yeah, she, she, she's coming. She's done flip flop as well. Also around this time, it was it, around it was, the was, same time. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I think. I mean, as I said, I do, I do keep going for early ones in some ways, but I think it's when Big Finish was really seeking to be super creative, and they were bringing out, doing things, taking big risks. And I think in part maybe they didn't have the giant audience you could offend, but they were they were risking things. And this was a it was a risky production. But it was hilarious, and yeah. <laughs> Anyone can listen to it and enjoy it. What about you? Awesome. What's your Seventh Doctor? Right. My Seventh Doctor is an interesting one. Because what do I pick? Do I pick... I've just picked Davros, so do I pick Master? That's a absolutely brilliant. Uh, that was on my list, mm. because I, I... But that that might alienate newbies, because Joe Litster may get, take some getting used to, He's a very different kind of writer. He has a distinctive style, but uh, it could uh, disturb you a little. So if you want a, a, a story that might suit a newbie, I've chosen a Seventh Doctor story without any companions. Um, I said there's a theme there. Yeah, there is a theme going for me too in there. And I've picked one that was released once again around the same time, 2011. This is um, written by Mark Morris, so an early Big Finish writer as well. House of Blue Fire, uh, which uh, stars Timothy West. And I always am drawn to the cover of this one because it's uh, blue, obviously, House of Blue Fire. Uh, About a bunch of people who suddenly appear in this house and stuff goes on. Uh, and it's a really engaging audio story. Uh, so for fans of audio, it's got Timothy West. So he's a well-known 
well-known actor, written by Mark Morris, who's an established Big Finish writer. And uh, it's a really engaging audio story. And I think, to me, in some ways, Sylvester McCoy has been the most consistent of all the Doctors on audio from the start of Big Finish right through to now. His voice hasn't changed so much. When you listen to... When you listen to Peter Davison, he'd already aged a little to, at the start of Big Finish. When you listen to Colin Baker, you can get an evolution of his voice aging over the last 20 years. So he sounds different now to what he sounded back then. But Sylvester McCoy has never changed. So he's had probably the most consistent voice. Um, and I think out of all the Doctors, his works really well with no companions. And uh, apart from... The other Doctors, who have had new companions created for them, Sylvester McCoy's only had one or two created for him over that period of time, whereas the other Doctors have had a few more each. Um, so, um, it's, it's yeah, I, th- I think the, the no companions thing suits Sylvester McCoy really well. And for he's, a, probably for done, a, he's probably done more solo stories than any other Doctor. Yeah, he's, he's regularly traveling by himself. For for a new fan coming on, in the classic, we're a classic series fan. We have seen Sylvester McCoy on his own. We saw him on his own at the start of the telly movie. So, this is a scenario which you you're going to recognize. And uh, yeah, I think House of Blue Fire is just a great introduction to the audio medium. It's a fantastic story to listen to on audio. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. House of Blue Fire. I can't remember how I got here. Were you expecting me? Of course. See, the thing is, and this is going to sound really odd, but I have no idea where I am. Blue Fire House. Fear, fear, fear. I have aphasagoraphobia. It's the fear of being forgotten or ignored. Confusion, 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 confusion. Catoptrophobia, they call it. Nightmares, nightmares, nightmares. Aquaphobia. Darkness, darkness, darkness. All I can tell you is that something ancient and foul has emerged from the wilderness and drawn you into this house. Stop talking in riddles. There are traps everywhere. Don't stand in my way, Doctor. Nothing is what it seems. When should we run? Should we run now? I seem to have made a terrible mistake. What have you done? Doctor, where are you? Can you realise the forces at play in this house are finally bound? Help me! Doctor! No! 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 There is nothing you can do to stop me. Time, Lord, time. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. That's me for the seventh. Great. What about the eighth, Doctor? What have you chosen for the eighth, Dwayne? Eighth Doctor. Oh, man. What do you choose for the Eighth Doctor? Do you choose something recent from the box sets? Do you choose something from the Lucy Miller range, Divergent Unit? What do you choose? I'm, I'm in- very interested to hear what you have to say. But I had to choose something from his time with Charlie. And I've gone for something from Season 2. Not Chimes at Midnight, which is always the the number one pick of mine as well it's a a darn good story but something else from that series which may appeal to newbies and really whet their appetite for what else is to come i've chosen seasons of fear 
Seasons of Fear is written by Paul Cornell and Carolyn Simcock. So they're married um, and don't get too many of those partnerships uh, throughout Big Finish. And I, I think this might be the only one they wrote together. They've both written separately for Big Finish, but they wrote this one together. <clears throat> and this really gives you a good grounding in the relationship between the, the Eighth Doctor and Charlie. You get to hear the Eighth Doctor's theme, which was changed in Lucy Miller, which is probably why I would avoid Lucy Miller, because I don't like the theme as much for that. This is the Eighth Doctor's theme to me. The Seasons of Fear is a is a timey-wimey kind of story, so they're going backwards and forwards through history. Um, and there is a classic series monster in this that surprised me, really surprised me when I first heard this for the first time, and I'm definitely not going to spoil that one because it's the whole story. There was a sound design throughout the early McGann's that was unique to the Eighth Doctor series, and I think you pick any story out of this, with the exception of perhaps the Nicholas Briggs one, Briggs one Embrace the Darkness, um, and they all have a similar tone to them, probably because Gary Russell directed most of them. But yeah, I think this is a good place to start because it's got that classic series monster, but you've also got that good grounded relationship between the Eighth Doctor and Charlie at this point. That's me. That's my pick. Did we snap? Well, almost. <laughs> so it's on my. It was on my list. It would have been actually next. I um, I actually, I decided not to go Charlie. I think you know how much I love and adore India Fisher and Charlie. And I actually went through the whole first two seasons and couldn't pick one out of all those episodes. <laughs> so I went, okay. And then I realized I'm actually not trying to pick the Eighth Doctor. I'm trying to pick Charlie. So I decided to change my thinking and think, okay, let's move away from that. Um, Do- Doom Coalition at the moment is I'm adoring and I'm about to write a review of that to put up on our um, Facebook page because I think Doom Coalition, having listened to all four boxes again, Every story is superb in that. Um, I went for something strange. I didn't go for Lucy Miller either, but I went for the Lucy Miller era and an episode called Situation Vacant. Uh, It's by Eddie Eddie Robson, and it's just the eighth Doctor interviewing and trying out four new companions. So previously Lucy's left him, and there's an ad in the paper about a job for a time traveller, and he goes to meet... Four people, four young, different different people, two girls, two boys, and he's trying them all out to see who will be his new companion. It is very funny. There's some great scenes in it. There's a clever twist at the end, which I won't spoil, but it's actually Paul McGann getting his own show and being himself. I think he, he works so well with companions. As I said, him and Charlie are just, to me, the perfect pairing, and Lucy and him work so well together. But Situation Vacant is Paul by himself working out what he wants in Companion. It's a scream. I think you'll enjoy it. And it shows what Paul can do. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Good morning. I'm the Doctor. My name's Asha Qureshi. Um, I'm uh, Theo Lawson. My name's Juliet Walsh. Uh, Hugh Bainbridge. I've relied on my companions for help. Theo, grab the end of the cable, then come back. I'm on it. Advice? We need to take bold, smart, effective action. I've relied on their skills. Doctor, look, it's got a USB port. Knowledge. You know, it's not just scientists who've disappeared. And sense of morality. Not so fast! 
You need to be self-motivated. What do you think you're doing? You're saving your life! Bravery. Oh, crikey, it's coming this way! But also capable of working harmoniously with me and anybody else who might join us in my TARDIS. Please follow me into the blue box! Any questions? Doctor Who. Situation vacant. Yeah, a close runner-up for me was the uh, probably the company of friends uh, was uh, mm. was one of them, but I, I wanted to have a full story. So another runner-up in that kind of era was uh, the Silver Turk. So I became very close to picking the Silver Turk, which was a Mary Shelley story. So Mary Shelley for those who are fans of the TV series, even the new TV series, we've had an episode featuring Mary Shelley. Well, Mary Shelley travelled with the Eighth Doctor for a time. Now, I've got a theory as to how the Villa... Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, something the Villa Diodati. Oh, it's gone from my mind. Um, the, the episode that featured Mary Shelley on TV, I've got a theory how that fits in with this. Um, got your head, you, you got your head cannon working, have you? The head oh, cannon's there. I think I did this around episode five or six of uh, of the Sirens of Audio. I put that in at the time, and it still stands. No one has has been able to argue it, and no one else probably cares. Uh, but that's <laughs> <laughs> but that's just um, yeah. That's that's uh, that, they were close runners up for uh, for that. But I had to go with Seasons of Fear. It was just a, such a sensational period in the history of. Doctor Who, not just Big Finish, Fair Dickham. This was, yeah. a, a, this was the eighth Doctor. New Doctor current, this was the current Doctor. And he hadn't changed into anyone else at that time, unless you count Richard E. Grant. But I don't think many people did. Uh, it was just, yeah, it was it was just sensational, sensational. Let's face it. If the BBC was smart, they'd actually commission a series with Paul McGann and do a season with him. Their time's running out because you know, no one's getting any younger. So no, but he's, but, oh, he's, he's, still, he's a good age to do it now. He can. He could. Know, he's, he he's could do it quite easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could, but I don't mm. think there's too much longer that we that we wait that we could wait for that. Maybe. All right. So I, I think we could possibly have a snap here with the fourth Doctor. I've got a feeling this might be a snap, uh, but it's your turn, Philip. So I'm going to go and see what you picked for the fourth Doctor adventures. Now you've concerned me that you think it's going to be a snap. I think um, it might be. Okay, we'll see. Um, once again, so many I could have chosen from. Um, I was actually weighing up the genetics of the Daleks because I really, Ooh. really enjoyed Time Lord Victorious last year. It was such a, an amazing action-adventure story. I always went that. Um, in the end, I've actually gone for a Mary Tam show. So is, uh, not a snap. Like to be a snap. No. There we go. So I chose the anti-matter. Um, it's Mary Tam, Tom Baker. Isn't it the, isn't it the anti-matter? The auntie, yes. Oh, did I say auntie? Yes, auntie, auntie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's too much Australian. Auntie, auntie matter. Um, the auntie matter by Jonathan Morris. Uh, it was 2013. Julia McKenzie, Jane Slaven are both in it. Directed by Ken Bentley. It is. Uh, it's a romp of the two of them doing it, the same story, same adventure, but not together, and keep passing each other. So the Doctor and, and the Romana are both trying to solve a problem. They're both at the same place at the same time, though they never meet, they never cross, and both their actions manage to solve the issues and the problems, even though they don't actually do it together. 
It's a very, very clever script. It's Tom Baker in fine form as the Doctor being both serious and hilarious and taking things in bizarre ways. Mary Tam, I adore her. She's, this is a, you know, a month or two before she passed away. We are so blessed to have these stories. And, yeah, as I said, they, I was tempted to do other things. But in the end, that's what I went for. Doctor Who, the anti-matter. So now the TARDIS is flitting randomly throughout time and space. Yes, until the Black Guardian gets tired of chasing it, and then it will return to us here in London, eventually. Still, it doesn't matter. I was just going to let him know that I was heading down to... Where was it again? Bassett on Hamble. Yeah, somewhere just outside of it is called Bassett on Hamble. This is your place. Well, it's my country seat. Bassett Hall, you see. The current owner is my aunt, though she's come over a trifle odd of late. <laughs> I have more aunts than I know what to do with. Just when I think I have the set, another one pops out of the woodwork when least expected. They're like mice. The errant doctor. Yes. I was wondering how long it would take until you turned up. Give me a moment and I should be able to set it to overload. <sighs> I won't pretend to have a clue what you're doing. Auntie, please, you must stop this. The poor fellow will die. That is rather the point, you abysmal goof. That's it. Are you sure? Nothing seems to be... Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com So what do you think we're going to snap on, Dwayne? I thought we were going to snap on this. I seriously thought we were, um, because I had no. This was this was a no-brainer for me. This was my this is my favourite Tom Baker. Uh, nothing's trumped it yet because of the the feeling it gave me when I first listened to it, and then we actually reviewed it for our podcast here. It was one of the early ones we did. The Trouble with Drax. Um, that's my pick for Fourth Doctor. So for for newbies that come along, the Trouble with Drax, we know him from the Armageddon Factor. Classic fans may not want to remember him from the Armageddon Factor. Uh, but this one, I mean, The Trouble with Drax is written by John Dorney, who writes some sensational stuff for Big Finish. And he, he's uh, one of the head, I'd, I'd call him one of the head writers for Big Finish. He's script editing a lot of stuff too these days. But uh, he wrote this and it was actually supposed to be written for the actor who played Drax originally was it Barry Jackson he was originally going to come back uh, and play Drax in this but he passed away uh, shortly before they were uh, I can't remember I think the scripts might have been written but it had to be might have had to been rewritten I think um, to uh, after he passed away and they went ahead with with this Uh, and they've got uh, Ray Brooks John Chalice so classic fans will know John Chalice from the Seeds of Doom playing Scorby. It's got Miranda Raisin. So new series fans will know Miranda Raisin from uh, Daleks Take Manhattan. She was in that, playing Tallulah. Uh, Jane Slavin's in it too. Um, So lots of different actors that new fans and old fans of the TV series will know. Uh, Written by John Dorney. And this, if you want, if new series fans, if you like timey-wimey, uh, this is probably the most timey-wimey story you will get 
in the Fourth Doctor adventures. It's absolutely, but not only that, it's full of comedy. It's full of one-liners. It's and and it's not just Tom Baker. Everyone bounces off each other. This is classic. It's got Lala Ward as well. So it's set. This whole season was kind of set during season seventeen. And I know a lot of us, as we've got older, really appreciate those Douglas Adams times of the classic series of Doctor Who a lot more. And The Trouble with Drax by John Dorney is one that is absolutely unmissable as a fourth Doctor story, in my opinion, of course. Did we come close to snapping? Oh, it it certainly crossed my mind. You know me too, I love Louise Jemison, and so I was struggling to to work out which Louise Jemison story to do too, in terms of Leela, because I love her. So... There's too. Can I say it's just too hard? There's too many, too many good things around. But the criteria is: are we going to attract newbies? That's what we want to yes. do. Get newbies exactly. in. So there's there's factors in there that will attract these people. So any of these are fantastic shows to listen to as one-offs and to work out how to love them. Okay, let's move to the first Doctor, and there's a pot, another potential snap here. Another potential snap, although I think you no, might have mentioned No, I don't think so. No? Okay. All, All right. right. So I mean, there's, too, there's too much to choose from, right? The I know, because be you, you're, you're going for things that you love, and I know you love the Companion Chronicles, so I think for these early ones you may have chosen Companion Chronicles for all of them. But uh, I'm more of a fan <laughs> of the fuller cast uh, story, so I've gone for early adventures for my picks for the first and second Doctor. Um so my first Doctor pick is, uh, of, the first Doctor's known for his encounters with the Daleks. Um, Peter Purvis is an amazing uh, first Doctor. So I've gone with the Dalek Occupation of Winter by David K. Barnes. Uh, this was released only a few years ago, 2018. It's one of the early adventures. And it's just sensational. It leaves you with just the early years. David Richardson always had the goal of wanting to create these audio stories in black and white and this is one that makes you think in black and white it really does feel like uh, uh, a first doctor story but like everything big finish does they take those elements they take you right back to that period and then they add those extra layers on top to just blow your mind and with this i'm not a daleks fan but this release blew my mind. Peter Purvis, we had him on recently, but I've always been so impressed with his, not impersonation of the Doctor, but he's got the characteristics that I forget that it's that it's actually him whenever he's, uh, whenever he's characterising the first Doctor. So uh, Dalek Occupation of Winter, that's my pick for the first Doctor. If you love that era, that's the one you must listen to. Oh, you were right, Doctor. It's cold. Yes, well, of course it's cold. It's snowing. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Early Adventures, The Dalek Occupation of Winter. Where are we, Doctor? The ship doesn't appear to know, my dear. Whatever this planet is, it's on the edge of the galaxy, and its icy temperatures make it inimical to civilized life. Once again, we 
gather on this day in our calendar to not only celebrate the achievements of our finest academy of young people, but also to recognize the hopes and dreams that shall be carried forward within them. Doctor, he's talking as if the graduates will never be seen again. Why does the graduate not step forward? Out of my way! That's my brother! Identify yourselves! Then, the Dalek must have personal access to the leading figure of the city. And therefore, this planet, it doesn't bode well, does it? Dalek forces must be replenished. City productivity must increase by 5%. These Daleks, where are the insides? Stephen! Even greater than I'd imagined. Big Finish. We love stories. Macharian! Oh, hello again, Mr. Ambassador. Nuts? Yeah, it's a great pick, Dwayne. Fully agree. Amazing show. And everything you say about Peter Purvis, I agree with. You do know me so well because, yes, I've gone for a companion chronicle. <laughs> Are they dull? Um, I've, I've chosen the Peter Purvis one, naturally enough. Um, yeah. Once again, picking one that wasn't part of a trilogy was actually a bit hard or connected. I wanted to choose something that was be standalone. Mm-hmm. But it's also epic. So I've actually done the Anachronauts. Okay. So it's a companion chronicle by Simon Guerrier. When Peter Purvis was on recently, he talked about the fact that Simon just writes with his doctor so well, and he's right. But it's Peter Purvis and it's Gene Marsh. So it takes place, in fact, it, it starts on with the toast on Christmas Day during the Dalek master plan. And it takes place immediately after that. So they've inserted this story into the Dalek master plan. It is Peter Purvis playing himself, a narrator, and the first Doctor and other characters. Gene Marsh is playing Sarah Kingdom and a narrator. They share the duties backwards and forwards. So they actually switch backwards and forwards between the two of them. And you would think it's a full cast. I kept forgetting it wasn't. I think Peter Purvis' first Doctor is astounding. and I forget this. I can't hear Peter in him. And this story, it's... Two discs, so it's actually unusual for Companions Chronicle because it's over two discs, and it's two different settings, but there's some anachronistic things happening in time, which is why it's called the Anachronauts. It's very, both 60s, but also very modern, and it deals with a few other interesting issues along the way too. So it's a great listen, very compelling, um, and brilliantly performed. So, yeah. It's directed by Kim Bentley too, which is a bit unusual because Kim Bentley didn't do a lot of Companion Chronicles. That's right. They're usually Lisa Bauman, weren't they? It's usually Lisa, but yeah, it was Kim Bentley doing this one. I think this may have been the first Companion Chronicle he'd done. Okay. So yeah, well worth a listen. And and how would you what what kind of what does a fan of the TV series uh have to understand to come into the Companion Chronicles to really get the most out of them. 
would you say? What do, what kind of space do they have to get their minds into? I think the scripts give you everything you need without needing very much. So it opens up. You've got the Doctor. You've got Sarah. You've got Stephen on board the TARDIS. And it tells you everything you need to know. It tells you about their relationship. Um, because there's narration along those way, well, they tell you bits. It tells you the fact that they're being hunted by Daleks. Um, but the adventure is so aside from what's going on with the Dark Master Plan, it, it doesn't matter what the big picture is. You know, it starts with his knowing it's happening. It ends with them saying that they know they're still in danger. But it actually gives you all you need along the way. There's, there's some interesting twists in terms of the relationship with Stephen and Sarah that they do, which is nice, but ultimately, you know, it's doomed to failure. But it actually tells you what you need. So, yeah, you need nothing. Just come and enjoy it. Awesome. All right. Shall we move on to the to... second Doctor? Yeah, which I think is me. Um, and you won't believe this, but I've chosen a companion chronicle. <laughs> um, once again, there's so much I could have chosen because there's some great early years, second Doctor stuff as well. But I wanted to choose something that actually was quite different and experimental. And, and I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy Companion Chronicles so much is it reached out to different things. Uh, this is a two-hander. Uh, it's called The Jigsaw War by Eddie Robson. So it's Fraser Hines playing himself and appropriately later on the second Doctor. But it's, it's set in a jail and the entire episode is cut up into pieces and the job that the, that Fraser has to do, that Jamie has to do, is to work out what is the correct order of events happening. Because Jamie's experienced a series of mixed up time events, and he needs to put the jigsaw back together again. It's sort of the, the idea of what's going on. But great story, great threat. I love two-handers. It's a powerful two-hander. And yeah, a lot of fun. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. The Companion Chronicles, The Jigsaw War. They're going to be through that door in a few minutes. Come on, man, think. Jamie McCrimmon. Who are you? My name's Moran, Ord's Chief Moran. Ah, well, nice to meet you. Where's just... the doctor? Hurry, they'll be through that door any second. I think we need to talk to the doctor. Perhaps he's misinterpreted what's happening. Aye, misinterpreted all that muddering. What are you waiting for? Do it before they cut through! But I don't know what it's going to do to them. I've told you everything I know. I'm even wearing your uniform. Please, I don't know. Ah, this is a canny wee trick, but I'm on to you. You're just trying to confuse me, make me something... Why are you doing this? Why are you trying to make me think the rest was all a dream? Me? But it can't be worse than what they're going to do to us. I'll do it. No, you won't. Jamie is currently experiencing a series of encounters with the stout young officer I'm speaking through now. But Jamie's experiencing them out of chronological sequence. If he puts them in order, he'll have a code. The code will unlock the door. No, 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 wait! This could be important! This couldn't kill a fuck. Ah! And what if Jamie fails? Oh, ye of little faith. What if he fails? He will join me. What if he doesn't want to? What he'll want to do won't come into it. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com Right, you... What are you doing? I'm guessing it's not you know, a I, I haven't even heard all the Companion Chronicles myself, so I, I haven't heard that one. So uh, I think I'm going to have to have a listen to it, aren't I? You are. And the CD case actually tells you which order you can put the tracks to hear it 
in correct order. Because, as I said, it's, it's the tracks are all mixed up, and that's part of the storyline. But it does actually tell you, you can actually play it in the correct order by by putting together the tracks in the order it tells you on the back of the CD case, just as a fun game to do as well. Two ways to listen okay. to this episode. Okay. Well, I've only, I've only got the download, because they um, recently did a special on the Companion Chronicles, so I thought, oh, I'll get them all while they're on special, so I... I I have got them all there, but I'm still uh, still listening. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that one. All right. So my pick for the second Doctor is another early adventure, um, and this is the very first second Doctor early adventure called the Yes Man. Once again, written by Simon Gurrier. We're getting a theme here. He does write the early adventures and companion chronicles very well. Simon Gurrier. Mm. He's got a very good handle on them. Uh, what's interesting about this one is for a classic series fan, you're going to, I mean, look at the blur. It says the Doctor, Jamie, Polly and Ben arrive on New Houston, an Earth colony in the fourth sector, which the Doctor previously saved from an alien invasion. He wishes to pay his respects to his late friend Meg Carvossa, but something is not quite, quite right with New Houston's, I can't even speak. New Houston's subservient robots. So reading that blurb, it makes me think about the Macra Terra. So the early uh, Second Doctor adventures where he was often going to these colonies uh, like the, the Underwater Menace and the Macra Terra and sorting things out. Um, so this is him going back to somewhere like that uh, with the early team. So Annika Wheels and of course... We have got uh, a case, one of the early cases of recasting that Big Finish did in Elliot Chapman playing Ben Jackson. So got Fraser Hines in there playing Jamie and the Doctor as well. And Jamie playing the second Doctor, or Fraser I should say, playing the second Doctor is, like Peter Purvis, pretty darned incredible. Um, He's got all the mannerisms of Patrick Troughton down pat. He does it so well. I can't sing Fraser Hines' praises enough. So uh, to he's get got you, Pat down Pat. He's got Pat down Pat. I like it. Um, so yeah, Elliot Chapman playing Ben Ben, uh, and he's recently stopped doing that. I, I read somewhere that he stopped doing it because he only wanted he didn't want to do any more episodes than Michael Craze did. Is that, I've heard is that, that right. Can I? Is that I've just a rumour? It, it sounds just funny. Sounds, it sounds bizarre. I mean, maybe it's true, and I've heard it a lot, but it just sounds utterly bizarre. We must ask someone. We'll, we'll check. We'll check that up and see if we can get the, the truth of that matter, because that just sounds bizarre. Mm. But I really enjoy Elliot Chapman's Ben. Uh, works really well with Annika. Uh, so yeah, Doctor Who the Yes Men. I'd recommend that as your jumping on point for the second Doctor. Okay. What about the third Doctor Drain? Who will you choose for that? Oh, okay. This is a tough one because when, and and I think Big Finish still cops a bit of flack about this, but when they started the third Doctor Adventures with Tim Trelaw playing the Doctor, they, they made them kind of like a companion chronicle with a bit of narration, bit of, so they were like a combination of full cast and companion chronicle. Not quite sure where they decided to go with it yet. They were sort of experimenting. 
So it's very experimental. So I wouldn't recommend jumping on there. I would recommend jumping on with uh, volume five of the Third Doctor Adventures, which has a story in there called Primord. So uh, that actually has... Is that the first time Daisy Ashford appears playing Liz? Because that's Carolyn John's daughter. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It's like a sequel to Inferno. Uh, obviously, it's called Primord. It's going to be related to Inferno somewhere. Um, but I really enjoyed enjoyed that. Um, it's got uh, Katie Manning as well. Um, so she's there bouncing off Daisy. So they get to meet, which we never saw in the TV series, and uh, which was which was really cool. Um, for fans of the Second Doctor. Got his son in there as well in another story, playing a character called General Sharp. Because there's two stories in these box sets. So Primord's one. The other one is called The Scream of Ghosts. But the big... Not only did we have Daisy, so that was good, having Daisy Ashford there playing Liz. So it was good to see her. We had... this is I think this was the first time that John Colshaw comes in and plays the Brigadier. Uh, so this was absolutely incredible. I, and he still amazes me how how well John Colshaw does the Brigadier. You can hardly tell it's a different person. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, I do. It's an amazing performance. So, yeah. So, these two stories written by John Dorney, uh, one written by Guy Adams. So, two really well-established writers in Big Finish. And Tim Trelaw. I've got to say something about Tim Trelaw because he... Because I've heard John Colshaw's Third Doctor too, and I think I prefer Tim Trelaw's Third Doctor. I think it's good that they have have kept Tim there and didn't go with John Colshaw. Um, and I can't. Do you remember the story of how Tim got? It wasn't Tim in another episode, and he started impersonating John Pertwee, and they thought, "Oh, we'll get him for this and put him in." The, that's how it all started. He was just mucking about. I hadn't heard that, but I believe you. Yeah, it's, uh, someone's going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's that's how it all started. Tim Trelaw was in something else. He, he did a John Pertwee impersonation, and that's how he got the job, and he's just... It's just so darn good. Uh, we'll get Tim on and ask him. We'll, we'll yeah. get Tim on and ask him. Yeah, let's do it. All right, you're in charge of that, Philip. Okay. Um, okay, so that's my pick. Primord and Scream of Ghosts featuring... Daisy Ashford as Liz Shaw, Katie Manning as Joe Grant, Tim Trelaw as the Doctor, John Colshaw as the Brigadier. Good stuff. From Big Finish Productions, The Third Doctor Adventures, Volume 5. Some sort of interference. Completely blew the TARDIS communication circuits. Twice. Great heavens. Hello, Doctor. Doctor, are you in there? Doctor! Doctor! I do wish you'd pay just a little attention, Doctor. Well, I could say the same about you. Uh, Doctor? Liz! Professor Liz Shaw! Good to see you again. You too. Hello? I can hear you! Hear you all! Ah! (laughs) Uh, Sorry about that. Open fire! All right, this is 
Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, I have resumed command. Abort this launch. I repeat, abort this launch. Commander, planet Earth within broadcast attack range. Sorry, Private. I think I closed the door a little too quickly then. He'd probably think I'm off my head. You would be surprised what I believe, Concrete. He called them Primords. From Primordial, I presume. So you saw the Primords? That's what we're calling them. Primords. Stop it, you useless thing. Just stop it. I think we might need to broaden our definitions of what's possible. To think of all the money wasted feeding and clothing these monsters every week. I know what I heard. I wish I could say the same. Like someone or something has stolen the entire street. It said, help me. They're coming. They're going to kill us. Blimey. Fire at will! They keep saying it's for the greater good, for the good of the country, even. The but country. Uh, there go my speakers. Big finish. We love stories. What about well, you? Well, that was that was close to being a snap. <laughs> because actually, the other one that was close to being a snap. I didn't mention to before was actually Master, because that was the other one I had as my second pick. So I think that fifth box set is win. For me, the third Doctor said clicked. However, I've decided not to do one of the boxes with Tribute to Law because I think if a new person jumping on it may just be a bit hard in terms of dealing with it not being John Pertwee. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, there's still that controversial thing about recasting. But I do think Tribute to Law now owns the part. Um, strangely, you won't believe this, I've gone for a Companion Chronicle for the That's third so weird. Doctor. <laughs> it's a weed. Um, I love the Companion Chronicles. Can you tell everyone? Um, so I've done it. Actually, it's directed by Ken Bentley again. It was in 2013. Um, it's called The Scorchies. Um, so The Scorchies by James Goss, uh, Katie Manning, and uh, Melvin Hayes. You might know Melvin from It Ate Half Hot Mum. The Scorchies are a bunch of alien puppets who have come to invade the Earth. And they have a kids program and from this kids program their plan is to destroy the whole earth and it's up to katie manning and she plays the third doctor really well um but also she gets to play the third doctor in a particular way because the story allows her to play the third doctor not exactly as you'd expect but it's full of songs um it's just a scream these kiddie songs these kiddie moments these evil creatures Katie gets to play several parts because she's a real voice artist. Um, those who know know her. So not only is she playing Joe Grant, she's playing several Scorchies. Melvin Hayes is playing several Scorchies. And it's funny but macabre at the same time. And I think if you listen to this, you can't help but say, I need to listen to more Third Doctor stories. Fantastic. Uh, I, I didn't hear the Scorchies when it was released. The first time I heard the Scorchies was when they appeared in an episode of Jago and Lightfoot. Lightfoot. And I thought, what the heck is this? I had no idea what was going on. So I went back and uh, listened to the Scorchies then. And um, they are quite a bizarre invention. Yeah, they are brilliant in Jago and Lightfoot. It is such a funny, funny episode again with them. And of course, it, it lends, they lend themselves perfectly because this is a prequel. It lends itself perfectly to the you know, Jago's stage, and you know, he hires them as acts, but it all gets out of control. It's yeah, you know, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful Jago Lightfoot to listen to as well. Very good. So they're our classic doctors. 
that um, Big Finish have done that we can recommend for the uninitiated to jump on and have a listen to. Let us know what you think um, on our Facebook page, on Twitter, uh, sirensofaudio.com. You can contact us from there too. Let us know what you think. Now, as far as new series Doctors goes, we're not going to... Even though Big Finish have released um, 11th Doctor uh, and 12th Doctor stories and 9th Doctor stories... uh, they haven't actually been played by the actors. So we're, even though the first, first, second and third Doctors we've talked about, well, they can't possibly get those actors in because uh, they're no longer with us. But with the, uh, with the ninth, uh, the 11th and the 12th, well, those actors are available, but they just haven't done it yet. So we've decided not to give uh, recommendations for those yet because they're a little bit different format, might be harder for newbies to get into. Um, however... Don't forget, Christopher Eccleston's coming out in May uh, with his uh, new series, so that's going to be fantastic. So uh, I'd recommend anyone, not having not even heard it yet, I can recommend that if Nicholas Briggs is directing it and writing it, uh, it's in very safe hands, and uh, it's got Christopher Eccleston in it. How could you go wrong? All right, so we're going to deal with the 10th Doctor because he has worked with Big Finish. Let's let's get your take on who newbies should listen to uh, for the 10th Doctor, Philip. Okay, well, I almost would expire dating with River Song because that's probably the most fun recent one I've had, um, though his Time Lord Victoria stuff is good too. But I've actually gone for his very start. I think, I'm pretty sure it was the first season he did, which was Death and the Queen by James Goss. Uh, it's a Donna Noble story with Catherine Tate, directed by Nicholas Briggs, came out in 2016. Uh, it just lets Donna shine, and I think uh, the 10th Doctor always works well when Donna is in control, and he's trying to react to her. So I think it's a very clever episode. As I said, it's all, all about Donna possibly about to get married and becoming a queen. She's fallen in love, and so there's a bit of a romance there but there's consequences to who she's going to marry and where she's going to become queen. There's some bizarre interplay in terms of the kingdom that's there, and the Tenth Doctor gets to be very tenth. So that's that's the one I've chosen for a great place to jump on. What about you, Dwayne? Excellent. Um, I've chosen, um, well, the, the whole box set, really, the Tenth Doctor Adventures Volume that's 3. That's so- cheating! Is this? Well, I'm going to pick one story out of it, but uh, can you get these ones separately? You probably can, you can. but I haven't, so I didn't, I didn't bother looking. But uh, the reason I chose that one is because I love Series 4 of The Tenth Doctor because of the characters. I love I love uh, Sylvia and, and Donna and Wilf. When they're all combined together with The Doctor, they're just sensational. So in, in this box set, there's a story called No Place by James Goss. Which, uh, which features the noble family and anything with all of those uh, characters together at the same time is worth getting the whole box set just for that one story. So I would recommend No Place by uh, James Goss. Absolutely fantastic. From uh, the 10th Doctor Adve- Adventures Volume 3. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, the 10th Doctor Adventures. Ready for departure? What is this place? K 
Calibris. Brilliant place. An entirely mechanical planet. Catch, hitch, fuel, fix, buy, pretty much any kind of transportation in existence. This empire's a massive leap in user-friendly tech. Meadow Digital's ahead of the game on the chipsets. Quadruple core nano circuits and a sleek, sexy designer package. Ultra thin. Look. You're talking, but it's all geek to me. Can we go? Yeah, I suppose. Robots running amok. Donna! We're on! Remain where you are! Bex, grab my hand. Go, Donna. One of us needs to. And I just... I can't! Come on, if you're common. Don't want to dislocate a shoulder for nothing. Do not run. We require test subjects. Ah, there it is. Vagabond's Reach. Tavern of taverns. Most feared social environment in the galaxy. You've never been up Sugar Heart on a Tuesday. You don't know everything about me. Ready? Is this the front door? They don't even have bouncers. Yeah, basically, think of them all as bouncers. Watch out! Oh! Ah, thanks! Doctor! What is happening? Doctor! I'm, I'm hanging on to your banner! Uh, there's a skeleton around my neck! Oh! Big finish. We love stories. What are you saying? They fizzled in somehow? Like the TARDIS? Yeah, transmat from another dimension. The, the, the TARDIS doesn't fizzle. It's more of a... So that's my my pick for the 10th Doctor. And, and David Tennant always delivers. He knows he knows the character. He lo- well, He doesn't just know it. He loves the character that he plays. And so that's why he keeps coming back to do it. And... And uh, he's a fan of the series, so he knows Doctor Who as well. And um, he worked with Russell T. Davies, so he he knows how these characters work together to make something truly special. And um, yeah, I just I just think that that team is probably my my personal favourite. So yeah, that's why I suggest it for anyone who wants to jump on. There you go. So let us know what you think about uh, what we've picked. Uh, if you're a Big Finish listener, do you think we've picked the right stories? What would you pick for an, uh, to introduce someone to the worlds of Big Finish? Something from the main range? A box set? Something something that's uh, a spin-off, perhaps? We didn't talk about spin-offs. We might do that on another occasion. But, but uh, for, for now, uh, you've, got, you've got our picks for, uh, for what you should listen to uh, as far as the Doctors go. So, um, thank you very much, Philip. Some surprising. It's been a lot I thought of fun. I, I thought we might snap on a couple of those, but I mean, There's there is hundreds a lot. and hundreds there of stories. A, the there is a lot to choose snapping. from. Yeah, not not likely. Yeah, choosing one. Yeah, the chance that we both hit the same one out of a hundred stories for each doctor. Nah. Oh come on! The, the, the odds are still there that it could happen. Could happen. Could happen. So let's talk recommendations before we see this episode out. This 50th episode. Mate, Congratulations. sensational. We're going to have another who's, celebration who, when we hit 64, Philip, because that'll be your 50th. <laughs> okay. So who goes first, Wayne? Uh, I think. Hang on, let me just check. Yeah, it's you. My turn. There you go. Um, I'm going to recommend a, a podcast. Um, and it's probably been mentioned before, but they are Flight Through Eternity has just returned for its new season. Uh, so Matt Smith, um, so they've, they've kicked off with the first episode uh, just a week or so ago. 
Um, but now we're coming up to our third episode, I guess, when this is going to be played. So I'm not sure if you've heard of the, the uh, Flight Through Eternity guys. They've started from the very first episode of Doctor Who. They've worked their way through every single show uh, along the way. And yeah, and they've just started Matt Smith. So they've only got another couple of years to go before they get to the end. But if you enjoy analysis of each Doctor Who show um, with a bit of fun thrown in, a bit of made-up facts sometimes, I think. <laughs> There's a few times I want to fact-check them because I know that's not right. But in terms of getting the big-picture ideas about what's going on, so you know, with the first episode, they're talking a lot about the fact that you know, Stephen Moffat's going through looking at of, um, fairy tales. And so they, they point out how the fairy tale theme works throughout the whole episode and beyond. So if you want a, a whole view, a holistic view of Doctor Who, how it fits together, what makes Doctor Who great or not great, flight through entirety. What Excellent. about you, Dwayne? What are you going to recommend? I, lo- I love flight through entirety. It was one of the podcasts that inspired me to do this one, actually. Um, in those early days, they weren't doing each Doctor Who story, though. They were doing sort of sections of they were, they were starting off doing seasons or bits of seasons and then... Half, se- got... half seasons they started, they were two hours long. Yeah, and when they got to the fourth Doctor, they said, right, we're doing... Or it might have even been the third Doctor, I can't I remember. Think, I, yeah. think so. I think it's the third Doctor, they get an episode, show by show, and they start off being shorter and then now they're still an hour long or an hour and a half long. <laughs> no, it's good stuff, real good stuff. So I'm going to do something completely different, not Doctor Who related in the slightest, such as something that I've been listening to... A lot, a lot. Um, I do another podcast. It's it's music based, and um, a guest I, I had on that one, uh, I was talking to uh, about his uh, musical tastes, and he was telling me that he he really liked uh, Fleetwood Mac, and got me thinking about my trip to America last year, and how I went to San Francisco, and this is early in the year before the pandemic, by the way. So I got an overseas trip in just in the nick of time. Um, and I was thinking of Fleetwood Mac too, because they recorded their album Rumours in 1977 at a little place called Sausalito, which has a sci-fi connection because Star Trek IV, you remember Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home? They I went do. to get the, they went to see the nuclear vessels in Sausalito. Um, so Fleetwood Mac recorded Rumours there. And so I've been listening to that album over and over because it's a darn good album. And uh, the history behind Rumours was uh, one of uh, despair and darkness and tragedy and heartbreak uh, and one of the most beautiful pieces of music uh, that's ever been popularised um, has uh, has come out of that. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to recommend this time. It's Fleetwood Mac's Rumours. Betcha didn't expect that this time, Philip. I don't expect anything from you, Dwayne. It can go oh. absolutely anywhere. So <laughs> it's a good choice. I love a bit of Fleetwood Mac. Cool. All right. That's it. That's it for episode 50. We'll be back. We can tell you that next week we're going to be talking with Rob Valentine about uh, the final Big Finish monthly episode called The End of the Beginning. And he's got uh, lots of nice things to say about that. So we're happy to be able to share that with you. Uh, we've got some other good things coming up too. Should we? Should we? Should we spill the beans on some of the other stuff that we've got coming up? There's so much stuff coming up, Dwayne. Which beans do you want to spill? <laughs> How about uh, Randomoids Two? That's coming up. That is. Soon. I've actually I've listened. To the, I've done my research and listened to the both. That's good. 
that I haven't yet, so I've better get onto that and hurry up about it. Uh, but just the other thing, have you heard Return of the Cybermen yet? I haven't have downloaded it. I'm ready to go because I need to get that listened to quickly, don't I? I've, I've listened to half of it and it's absolutely... Oh, man, I've got some things to say about that. It's really, really good. Script-wise, yes, I can see why people criticise it, but the production is just fantastic. And very soon we're going to have a chat with uh, Sadie Miller about it. Could I spill those beans, Philip? I think you just right? have, Brian. Yeah. Oh. oh, okay. I could always cut it, but I won't. <laughs> no, no, spill it. So it's, it's going to be great to... Sorry. It's great for people to know what's coming. There's some amazing stuff still coming up. Yeah. And, of course, we've got two more episodes of Gary Russell to go talking about his early days with Big Finish. So that's uh, that's really good, too. Are we going to say the other ones in the can? Or are we not announcing that? It was a bit of a giveaway last week with the introduction with Annette Badland. Ah, yes, so her, of course. Yeah. We've got her coming up still, too. Yep, we do. There's so many coming up, I'm forgetting. Yeah, there's some more big ones, but we'll keep, keep a few secret. Yeah, we will. All right, uh, until next time, thanks very much for joining me, Philip. It's been great. It's been a wonderful celebration of 50 episodes. Well done, Dwayne. Thanks very much. And uh, thank you very much for listening and for watching. Until next time, bye. You have been listening to The Sirens of Audio, Episode 50, The Big Finish Introduction Agency, with your hosts, Philip Edney and Dwayne Bunny. Theme music by Husky by the Geek. You'll find his video of the theme on his YouTube channel. Rate, review, subscribe, and love us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send your emails to sirensofaudio at gmail.com and our website is sirensofaudio.com. We're on Twitter at Audio Sirens and just search for us when you're next logging in to Facebook. And if you too want a chance to go on a romantic date with a CD or download audio drama specifically tailored to your personality, keep listening to the Sirens of Audio because audio drama is 